really the, the extent and time in which I was born again and saved hasn't been that long. But one thing I've always enjoyed was the good people in that church. Yeah. It's, it's there that we find uh, not only people of like faith, but we find people that are going to help us get to our destiny. Yeah. Help us get to where we need to be. Sometimes we feel like there's only so far that you and I can go spiritually. But how many know God puts people around us to help us bring us? You know, one thing I love about the the, the story about the children of Israel was is that they got a direction from a man. And the man didn't just take a couple people with him. He took a nation with him. In other words, it wasn't about just one person. It was about bringing a multitude of people to the other side, into the land of promise. And you know how many know that we're on our way to that land of promise? Did you hear what I said? You and I are on our way to that land of promise. And oftentimes with, that, with, that, with those steps and with every um, mo, mo, uh, that we take, we, how many of you know we need one another's strength? If one thing that we can learn in life is that we need one another and we need one another's strength. You know, the cards that we hand into you were not just purely for the sole and purpose of just entertainment and just to fill seats. It's so that people's lives like yourselves could be transformed and changed. Because I know many of you have gone through some major things. Major things. Right? Sometimes you just don't know what issues are until you start dealing with things that are issues. And the same thing with church. Sometimes you don't know what the problems are until you finally find a place in your life where you need to be. And then you find out this is the issue in my life. But you never know what the issues are by yourself. Did you hear what I said? You never, you never know that you have a problem until you brown around people and you're like, this is going on in my family and I don't see that going on in my family. This is an issue. You know, one thing that, that shouldn't be taking place in your home. Depression should not be taking place in your home. Sorrow should not be taking place in your home. Right. Those things are, a, are an indicator that there's something else going on in the house yeah. beyond what we currently see. Yeah. And how many of you know, if you're, if you're, sometimes we just get stuck on full of sorrow. We don't know where it's coming from. But how many of you know, if you, unless you deal with the root of a problem, you'll never get to the problem. Yeah. Yeah. You'll continue yeah. on. And that's just, that's just, it just is an indicator. That's just an indicator. Right. And what's the indicator? That something in the spirit must be received. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Something in the spirit. Yeah. That's, why we have, that's why we constantly run into problems. Yeah. Because we're, we're, not in the, we're not in the place where our face can receive the answers. Yeah. Do you hear what I said? Yeah. There, there are those of us here right now that need answers. Yeah. And we say every Sunday, show up with the intent that you are going to believe to receive an answer. How many of you right now are here to receive your answer? I don't care how old you are. You, you, you could be eight. You could be 18. You could go. You could be 18 going on 80. Come on. Some people are like that. You know, they start out old no matter what. You ever met a, a, a young old person? It's quite interesting. You're like, you are much older than you look. <laughs> ever, met, ever met an old, ever met a young old man? who's already acts like he's in his 80s and he's crotchety and already upset with everything in life. Let me tell you something. Your life can be different. Your life will be better. And I tell you something. When you make movement, when you're stepping out, when you're getting out, when you're handing out cards, how many of you know that your life cannot transform just being static? Not doing anything. This is a, this is a proven fact. Absolutely proven fact. It's kind of neat to see the science back up the word, but how many of you know we don't need science to back up the word? 
Because we already know that the word works. We know that in doing of the word, God brings great things to pass in our life. But did you know physiologically, your brain, your mind, will not change. It'll stay. There's, there's, neuron, there's neurons. There is a, a, a connections that cannot be made until you make movement. Sitting, on your, sitting by yourself doing nothing will not change anything. That means every time you get up, every time you put yourself in a place where you can learn and receive from the word of God, did you know, particularly with things you don't know, that your brain is rewiring to accommodate that way of thinking and restructuring itself in such a way so that it can learn to adapt. And so, but your brain will never experience these things just sit, sitting at home doing nothing. Vegetating. I don't know how we like to say in my house, vegematating. Come on. You're just vegematating in front of the TV set. And so God wants your life to be transformed, but your life will never transform, remaining, remaining static, not doing a thing. Because you were created to make movement. Isn't that why the God called them out of Israel? See, they, they could not experience God's blessing by just sitting at home. You can't experience God's best by just sitting at home doing nothing. The people whose lives, whose needs, whose are in serious and dire need of transformation will never take place by just sitting at home and watching online. That's right. That's right. That's why it's important. We all need one another. That's right. That's right. Sometimes we forget that we need one another. That's right. We forget it. Yep. We forget the time that maybe we were walking out and and then maybe may, maybe somebody in the church said something to us or encouraged us. Maybe some good friend who goes to church today encouraged us to stay plugged in and, and how it helped us out of some dark moments, which would have been worse had we not been plugged in. Yeah. I, I mean, I know there's many people here who have experienced the life-changing message of the word. But more importantly, the life-changing of another believer being obedient to do the word. Because we're in this together. On, we're, in this to, we're in this life together. There is no connection by mistake. There is no connection that has not come with God's divine idea or purpose to do something in this area. I'm telling you right now, God is doing something in Porterville. And wouldn't it be selfish not to share what God is doing? Let's open our Bibles to Matthew chapter 10, verse 8. It's not, this is, this is, uh, let's just go down there. Come on, Matthew chapter 10. We need to learn to say yes to the things that we need to learn to say yes to. We need to learn to say no to the things that we need to say no to. No to ungodliness. If you don't know when to say no or know when to say yes, you'll suffer. For example, I'm just going to tell on myself. I would put myself under financial hardship because I would always say yes to Pastor Melina no matter what. If she wants them, I'd say yes. Even, even if it was pulling things real tight and it, might, it might, might mean I might get a couple little late fees or overextension fees. And then I would stress out about it. And they should, are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. That doesn't help us stretching myself beyond what I should be stretching myself. Because because currently I know more what's going on than she knew what was going on. But when it says, no, we can't do that right now, it's okay to say, no, we can't do this, but we can do that then. It's not, it's, I would never say we don't have the money because we have the money. 
the money will come into always there. But I'm not going to put myself in debt, put myself in harm's way in order to get in order for and put the entire family in jeopardy because I can't say no when it's important. People who learn to say no when it's important will say no when it's very important to say no. People who are incapable of saying no will find themselves doing things that they wish they never would have done. The Nazis. Lots of people in a nation who are innocent, sweet people yeah. got drug into doing something because no one had the ability to say no. That's right. That's right. Stop and think about that for a moment. That's right. Saying yes to when it's appropriate is important, just as important. So you need to know your circumstances. You need to know yourself a lot more better in order to understand where it is you're going with your life. But see, your life can't take the place of the direction if you're just free floating around not knowing where to go. See, that's why when God told him to go to a a land of promise, he already had a place in mind. There was already a place. There was a land full of milk and honey. It was theirs for the taking, but it would never have taken place unless they had made movement. And they had to say yes. Saying no was not a viable option. Saying no just brought them an extra 40 years in the wilderness and not being the first generation to get in. See, you should, we're, we're going to be the first generation to get in. We're, gonna, we're, we're not going to be the last group. We're, not, we're, we're, pl- we're moving forward. We're making steps. We're making movement. We're not moved by what goes on around us. We're laying hold. Because we need to say yes to the plan of God. Say, I am saying yes to the plan of God. It's so important. So important to say yes to the plan of God. Many miss the plan of God because they, were, they don't realize that maybe perhaps it was the plan of God for their lives. They didn't, they didn't know when to say yes. They considered the situations or the problems at hand. And here, here in Matthew chapter 10, verse 8, and I, I'm going to read this, but this is because it has to do with the charge that Jesus gave to his men, to the, the, to the disciples, all that followed him. He said, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, Raise the dead, cast out devils, freely you have received, freely give. Now I'm going to tell you, church, right now, God has done so much in your life. He's given you so much freely. Cast out the devils, win the loss, lay hands on the sick, bring them to church. Let freely that you have been given here. Come on, freely give it to someone else. Don't, don't hoard up what God has been doing in your life. Now, I, warn, I want to warn, I want to, in saying this, I also want to warn you in, in saying this. Because as you bring in, not everybody, not everybody that comes in will want to stay. Because some people come with so much baggage in their minds and so much stuff in them. Religiousness. I mean, we're in a religious, very religious area. Very religious. And some people have religious demons all over them. To the point where they, even if they hear the truth, they, they would rather believe the tradition because it challenges some things. So you can't be moved or moved by others, what others do and do not do. You have to be moved by what the Spirit has told, where you have received your healing, where have you received your deliverance, where has God fed you, where has God created freedom for you in your home? Where has He done this at? If we are to remain free, we must choose and decide that freedom is the only way to be. 
We can't depart from that. We must maintain our liberty. Our liberty in the word, our freedom in the word. Because these things are important. And they hold a, a, a meanwhile value to you and I. Open, let's open. I was going to start here, but let's just go here anyways. Uh, Luke chapter 13, verse 10. Because every one of us is at some point are going to have to deal with some unreasonableness. Did you hear what I said? Yeah. Just outright unreasonableness. And this is what the apostles and Jesus face every time. Particularly when they're in the midst of doing God's great work. Moses received resistance. It was like he had to, it was like sort of like fighting with your kids right before you're going to, going to, going to grandma's house. Or back in the day, I remember we used to, we used to drive, go to Visalia all the time to church. We'd drive 40 minutes and as we're driving, all of a sudden the kids would start acting up. That one day we got smart. One day. We decided, we're going to put a TV set in the back. <laughs> and all of a sudden it was quiet and peaceful. We had some of our most peaceful drives. Veggie Tales, come on. I knew every song. But when you're following God's plan, how many of you know that there's going to be unreasonableness along the journey that would try to pull you out of God's plan? And sometimes there's reasonableness within the unreasonableness. And religious, re, re, I, I hate to say it this way, but it's kind of how you would, I'd want it. It says religiosity, you know, that, that, that would try to peek its head in at the right time and to appear holy when really it's just flagrantly, um, it's, it's, it's just carnal. And over here in Luke chapter 13, verse 10, he says, as he was teaching, Jesus was teaching in the, one of the synagogues on the Sabbath day. And behold, there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity 18 years and was bowed over together and could no wise lift herself up. Now notice, this woman could not lift herself up. She was like this for 18 years. 18. Say 18. Is, is it reasonable that some God should move on this woman's life? Is it reasonable that if you've been bowed over for 18 years and you have not been able to move freely as you desired to move, is it reasonable that this person be healed? Yeah. Of course it's reasonable. To, to question it, uh, any otherwise would be unreasonable. To, 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 to lay, allow your mind to, to suppose that maybe, that maybe God... You know, you'll hear religious people say, well, you know, God, God will give it to you if you really need it. And if he doesn't give it to you, it's because you really don't need it. People believe that trash more than they believe the word of God. Yeah. Well, if God really wanted you to have it, brother. You know, that's not in the Bible. Do you know that's not in the Bible? But it sounds really right. God will God'll give it to you right when you need it. Not when you want it sometimes, but right when you need it. Or if he doesn't give you, you didn't really need it. That, that sounds so psychopathic. Like, like you couldn't even make up your mind as to why things weren't going right. So you just gave yourself an out, an excuse. But we, we ought not to give ourselves excuses. And if something's not working, we got to ask ourselves, why is this not working? So this woman was bowed over for 18 years. And it was an inexcusable thing for her to be going to church like this. Inexcusable. She should be there to get her healing. She should have been made healed. She should have been made whole. And when Jesus saw her, he called to her, to him, and said unto her, Woman, thou art loose from thy infirmity. 
And he laid his hands on her, and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. Notice she glorified God. See, people glorified God when they get relieved of their infirmity. When people get touched, they, get, they glorify God. See, don't act like when God touches you, say, you glorify God. What do you do even if you haven't gotten there yet? Start glorifying God. He gave me my mind back. He gave me my body back. He gave me my resources back. He's a healer. He's a deliverer. And some people trip over that. Can you imagine tripping over that? That God is good. That he's a healing God. That he's a prospering God. Can you imagine tripping over those things? Because it's not happening in your church and you don't want to look bad. Because the church down the street, they have miracles. They have signs. They have wonders. So, oh, that's just that bless me group. They just want God to bless them. Um, No. That is just a, a, a... a result of just following him. Seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added unto him. We're we're, we're the seeking God church. Say, I'm the seeking God person. You've got to make a decision now that your life is going to be a result of seeking him. That everything that's been added to you is because of him. The best job, the best location, the best people is a result of you seeking him. Of people praying for you when you needed it. And, and that collective grouping that we have together in the body of Christ brings nothing but about, nothing uh, uh, but about a, 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 how shall I say, an anointing that comes into a group. Amen. It's amazing. When one, when one comes, two are gathered, three come, come together, one or two gathered in my name, there I am in their midst. But then the atmosphere is charged when believers are all together on the same page seeking him. I came here last night and the glory of God was sitting right here before I even set up. And I said, if I see it in the morning, tonight, this morning, I didn't see, I don't, I don't, I didn't see it physically or right, even right now physically, but this, last night when I came here, the anointing was really strong up here and the, the glory was sitting right here on the, on the, right here in this stage. And I asked myself, Lord, why is that glory right there? He says, because I am with you. Wherever you go, I will be there. And I was like, before the service, wherever you go, I will be there. Everywhere we go as a group, you know, we, he will be there. He will be there. He's here right now. Changing, delivering, setting free. Did you know that every time the word, preaching of the word came, that people got delivered and healed and made whole? That's where the healing comes from. That's why the scripture says faith comes by, uh, by hearing and hearing by the word of God. That's right. You need to hear. You need to be in an atmosphere where it's charged full of faith. That's right. We're in an atmosphere right now that's charged full of faith. Yeah. Where people know that God's going to take care of them. Yes. Yes. Amen. Well, I don't know if I'm really sure yet about that. Just hang on. Yeah. Stick it out long yeah. enough. You'll get to the place where you have enough faith yeah. that you'll start seeing God move in your life. Right. But you can't stay still and believe that it's just going to happen to you. Brother Hagen said, it just don't fall on you like ripe cherries from a tree. It don't just fall. It's going to happen as a result of you making movement. Eighteen years. Going to the same church. Slumped over. But this was her day. Her healing didn't take place at home. It took place in a synagogue. And you think the place that where she should have received it in her group, they would have been happy for her. 
I remember Brother, hey, uh, Brother Hager, I, mean, I remember Dr. Dufresne talking about, you know, he, he went to a church that they, they had it on their papers that they believed in God healing. And so he says, well, if they believe in God's healing on their paperwork, I'm going to lay hands on this little boy. And this little boy didn't, I think there was something, either he had a hip or he had something wrong. And it was, it was serious. So he decided, well, I'm just going to lay hands on this little child. And he said, do you think that bunch would have been happy? That that little boy got healed. But they said they got angry with me and they threw me out of the church. I'm telling you, if anybody here lays hands on somebody and they get healed, we are not throwing you out of church. You, we, take, we take this stuff for granted. Yeah, we, do. we take this stuff for granted a little too much. Yep. To the point where we, don't, we become inactive. And that's dangerous. Because when we become inactive as a church, when we stop winning souls, when we start reaching out, what inevitably happens is, is that that anointing starts to slow down and begins to cease up. And the healings and the miracles will be slowly begin to dissipate. And then we'll start looking. I remember back in the way back then when there was healings, there was miracles all the time. I certainly don't know what happened. What, why did they leave? It's because you, somebody stopped. We cannot afford to stop. There is no, there is no, there is no, there, oh my goodness. One thing you'll notice about the children of faith, that faith that makes movement is the faith that always pleases God. And over here in <clears throat> verse 18, he laid his hand on the right. But in verse 14, the ruler of the synagogues answered with indignation because that Jesus had healed on the Sabbath day and said to the people, there are, and then they said to the people, hey, there are six days and people were ought to work and not to be healed and not on the Sabbath day. Oh, that not that sound re- religious? Like I said, we take this all for granted. But there are those right now that would get offended if someone got healed in church. Well, God didn't do it for me. That's not fair. God does not move in terms of you, how you judge in your mind what's fair and what isn't fair. It's us moving in faith together. Moving, tapping in, reaching in, making movement to the Holy One. And Jesus said to them, I love his response. The Lord answered and said, you hypocrites. (laughs) I'm going to just stop here for a moment. Because in each and every one of us, there's a certain level of hypocrisy, including myself. Doth not each one of you on the Sabbath day loose his ox, his ass from the stall, and lead him away to watering? Ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, a daughter of the river church, a daughter of Jesus Christ, a daughter of the God Most High, whom Satan hath bound low these 18 years, he loosed this bond for, for on the Sabbath day, and he said these things to all of his adversaries, and they were shamed. All of the people rejoiced, for all glorious things were done by him. Amen. Come, on. Come on. He says, you do good things on the Sabbath day, you do work on the Sabbath day, but you're going to get up. Do you see how unreasonableness can come in? It seems reasonable. We, we ask you that you heal on every other day, except the Sabbath day. I guarantee you that wasn't the case. It would have been, well, here's the thing. When you entertain the devil, you can't do it on Sunday. No, you can't do it on Saturday. You, no, 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 no. You, you can't celebrate Thanksgiving right now. No, no, no. You, you can't celebrate Christmas right now. You've got to do as we say because we, are, we, we make the rules here. 
the point where things are completely unreasonable and people don't know when to say no anymore. No more. No more dictatorship. Do you know why this country is great? Because it has religious freedoms. And you think this is about religious freedom right now. If they can tell you what to do, where to worship, when to worship, how to worship, knowing how certain parties have acted in the past. Back in the days in the 70s and the 80s, we heard that the Russians would say, if you see a neighbor doing this, make sure you call on them. You, you turn in your neighbor. They used to tell you to do that in the time of communism. Right? I don't know, maybe, some of you are too young to maybe you know this. They say, turn in, your, turn in your neighbor if you see your neighbor do this. If you see this happening, you turn them in. In the times of, in the, times of uh, the SS, the Nazis, if you see your neighbor owning a gun, turn him in. When back in the day, that, that was legal to have their own guns. It protected them. And nobody said no. Nobody said no. Nobody resisted. And when a time to say no, it was too late. If you're going to be a Christian, you've got to know when to say yes. You've got to know when to say no. And that's communism. When you're being told, in Oregon, people are being told, if you see your neighbor celebrating Christmas, you see your neighbor celebrating Thanksgiving, you call up the police and we will send the police and we will have them all arrested. Folks, this is happening right now. It's okay to have hard drugs, by the way. We won't arrest you. It's okay to smoke pot. It's okay to be a deviant. We'll let you back out on the street to, com- com- to commit more crimes. But, you know, we're going to call the officers on law-abiding citizens who happen to be going to church. Sick, twisted. We've got to know when to say no. We've got to, this community, will, this nation will not survive its freedoms any longer, the, the ones that you currently are enjoying or what little ones we currently do hold now, unless you say no and we say yes to the plan of God. Right. We're going to win more right. souls this year. Right. There are people right now who just do not know that the things that they're living in are not okay. Yeah, that's right. They do not know they're not okay. Yeah. It's not okay. It's not okay that we stay quiet. It's not okay. Right now, there are people in this town that are going to hell. you hear what I said? That is, that is a very sobering thought. God wants souls won this year. He wants souls won this year. He, not everybody who's going to come into the church is going to be right. So you have to make up your mind in advance that I'm not going to be moved by whether people come or people go when I, when I start bringing them in. Well, maybe the pastor just didn't preach a good enough message that day. Well, passion, it's based on entertainment value. You might as well just let it go. Because people don't come to church and stay for entertainment. Even the churches with the best entertainment are, have finally learned that people don't stay even with some of the best entertainment. Because after a while, entertainment gets old. What they come for, really, in all reality, is they want some answers. They want some freedom. They want some, somebody to help them with their finances and help, uh, and help them get together with their spouse and be a better father, maybe perhaps a better mother. 
Because that's what they really want. Praise God. Because so, we've got to be all in. Did you hear what I said? We as a church, we have to be all in. Come on, we're not, we're not, we're not partway, we're not halfway, we're all in. Let's open our Bibles to the book of James. We've got to decide that halfway obedience is flat disobedience. Partial commitment will never do in a relationship. Do you hear what I said? Partial commitment and a relationship will never help. Pastor Melina, I love you, but you know, I got this girlfriend on the side, you know. I guarantee you, after I woke up with a, with a bruise on the side of my head, that would never work. Commitment, partial commitment won't work for her. Full commitment will work. So why would we expect anything relation, different with our relationship with the Lord? Right. We've got to make a decision this morning. Hey, we're all in. That's right. We're all in. Yep. And re- recognize that Satan comes to steal the word that was immediately sown in your heart. Yeah. So you know, you go, I'm, I'm committed, but then here comes the, here comes the test. It's out, so as, as, after I get outside, it's doing that. It's doing that. Pastor, pastor said, yes, I'm all in. And yes, and we're, when we're sitting here under the anointing, we're all in. I mean, I know everybody right now when they say things in their heart, yes, I'm all in. Yeah. Seriously. But as soon as they come out, Satan tries to come in and steal that word. I don't know if I can do that, man. That seems kind of hard, you know, because I've never really. I mean, we start talking ourselves out of it. I remember years ago, I saw an old Bob Hope slapstick comedy special. And Bob Hope is sitting there. God, if you get me out of this, he's just bargaining with God. If you get me out of this, I'll just do this. I'll do this. I'll do this. I'll do that. He's giving God a grand list of what he's going to do. As soon as he gets out, well, God, you know, I wasn't really serious. But, you know, thanks a lot. And he just soon as he forgets everything that he just promised to God. See, But that's how the world works. We have a commitment here. More than just... Forgetting about what we've, what we've said, but committing with our words that we are going to be people of light. Because right. this year, this year, we're moving up. We're laying hold of some things. We're not staying the same. No more halfway. Halfway is no way. And in James chapter 1, he says in verse 4, verse 3, know this, verse 3, James chapter 1, verse 3 says, Know this that the trying of your faith works patience. But let every patience have her perfect, her mature work, that you may be mature, entire, wanting nothing. If you lack wisdom, Ask of God. He'll give to all people liberal. He doesn't hold it back. Notice something here. Is that God doesn't hold back wisdom. I've been meaning to stop on this for a while. God has been, he doesn't hold back wisdom. He gives you, when you ask, he gives it to you. He gives healing to you. In fact, when we told you to read this book, I, something really stood out to me. He gives, he gives it. 
He gives healing. And if you can learn to receive healing, you can learn to receive God's blessing. Sometimes it's important that you receive first his healing because then you'll know he'll heal your body. But then also that he will also bring you resources. He can, he, if you can believe God will heal your body, you can believe the next step. He'll, he'll bless your finances. I, I just, I kind of wanted to take a little side note on that because that, it's something that's really been, I've been wanting to, to get to and I, I feel like I kind of get past it sometimes. Just before, but if anything, this I really want you to get is if God heals you, he's your healer. And he's done already so many, he'll also take care of you financially. But you got to do it his way. Hear what I said? You got to do it this way. Doing it any other way outside of God's way, especially when you say, God, give me the wisdom, and you start making movement. God, give me wisdom. Go get a, go get a business license. There's something, there's an anointing that comes on a person when they'll just go out and get a business license. God, what's my next step? God gives you the next step. There's anointing when God gives you the next step that you walk out that next step. Okay, God, I did this. I got my business. I got, Lord, what's my next? Now you make some calls. Okay, who am I going to call? Lord will give you, as you're laying in bed, the next step. But see, the anointing will never be there in a static position if you're not making movement. He gives liberally. Gives it to you liberally, without reproach. He gives you wisdom. But wisdom by itself will never transpire. There will never be a receiving on your end if you're not making movement. And sometimes it's, we, live, we live, unfortunately, in, in a community sometimes where too much is given to us with, with, no, with no work or, or with no effort. Yet there's a lot of people in this town that are very prosperous. I am, I, am, I am very shocked at the prosperity that flows through this town, considering that there's some people that don't have it. And there's mindsets that need to change on every level. Amen? James chapter 1, right? Because if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God that he gives all men liberally, unbraideth not, and it shall be given unto him. But let him Ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything from the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. In what ways is the man unstable? All his ways. One of the most dangerous things that a man can be is unstable. Unstable in his commitment in his marriage, unstable in his commitment to his work, unstable. God wants you and I to be stable. And part of receiving a stableness of mind is being single-minded. I've made it a, I've made it a, a decision that I'm going to be single-minded in my marriage. Did you hear what I said? I'm not looking at other women. I've made a decision to, to be with the one person. Uh, there's, no, there's no talking me out of it. Why? Because I made that decision. Yeah. It's the same thing with you. I made a decision for work. I've decided that the work I'm going to do is that's the one I'm going to focus on. I'm going to work my tail off. I'm going to do what I'm supposed to do. But she, there will, there's no blessing if you, you're all over the place. Well, I'm going to start this job here. I'm going to start this business here. I'm going to do this. You got, it's fine if you've got one successful thing going, but if you've got nothing successful going, how about get successful in the one area first so that you can, be, you can get some success on something else? See, God wants us to succeed as a church. 
So right now, our focus right now is to win souls. Our, our, our mission right now, aside from, fixing fa- uh, aside from strong families and the mission statement that we currently have, but right now we need to win the harvest. Because right now this city really needs a fresh touch of God. Yes, amen. Amen? amen. Hebrews chapter 11. It says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, for the evidence of things not seen. For by it the, uh, the elders obtain a good report. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things we are not seen were made of the things which do appear. By faith Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. Now some people uh, have always said they didn't understand what was the difference between uh, God and Abel's or Cain and Abel's offering. But one thing we do know is the scripture says that one was better than the other. Right? How is it better? By which he obtained a witness that he was, by, he was righteous. God testifying that his gift and by it being dead yet speaks. His, his offering now speaks. I want to say something here and stop here and pause for a moment. Because Abel's offering couldn't have been better unless he made an effort. It required effort on his part. Right. Do you hear what I said? Yeah. Things couldn't be made better by leaving them the way they are. Mm-hmm. Your life cannot be made better by leaving it the way it is. That's right. It's going to take your involvement. You want a, lo- a life that's blessed, it's going to require you taking your part. If Abel had to make his excellent, you have to make your life excellent. That's right. That's right. No one can make your life excellent for you. We can't. Mm-hmm. If someone needs to remind you that you need to do it excellent, then you're not being excellent. Mm-hmm. Excellence re- requires no verbal prompting. The Queen of Sheba sought out Solomon because she heard of his excellence. And when she saw it, she said, I haven't been given the full story because your excellence further goes further than what I've even heard. You you do things we don't even think about here. And see, there are things that God wants for you and I, but it's going to require a commitment to excellence. In other words, if I want to receive God's best, it's going to, re- it's going to, re- it's going to require a, such a response that lives up to the next part of excellence in my life. Yeah. See, how do, how do, this is one thing that just gets me. I, I've, I've gone to certain people's home and I thought, wow, you know, that's excellent, that's good. But then you go to other people's home, I'm like, wow, you know, I thought this was good, but this is like next level. And then you could learn something from someone else who just doesn't do that, but they, they go to the next level. How many know that the Bible talks about going from glory to glory to glory? Yes. <clears throat> do you know why I go to his barbershop rather than my old barbershop? You want to know why? It's very simple, it's clean. It's organized. Everybody, everybody looks sharp. Everybody looks ready. They, they, they all wear the same uniform. They, they just, they're put together. And they, I mean, every time I go there, it's clean. The other place I used to go, it was terrible. Peeling, paint, everything. And, and the people weren't bad. They were, they were sweet people, but it wasn't an environment that I really liked because there was other people whose language wasn't always good. But I started going to his shop. Good people. There's no language. It's a family atmosphere. At least because I'm there, I'm hoping they're just like, well, it's pastor's here. Hey, big five up. Everybody be careful. Watch your language. I mean, I'm not dumb either. You know, I know people. Hey, that's my pastor. Like, oh. I know people. But it's clean. Yes. 
They're respectful. Some people don't know your passion, don't even care, and still talk like animals. Is, is like, no, 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 no. They're like, come on, buddy. Have some respect, right? See, but that's next level. And how many know, even where they're at, how many know there's a next level? And how many know whatever level that you're at, there's always a next level? Do not be satisfied with current day living. Halfway is no way. We want the deep things of God. But if we don't make the deep steps towards the things of God, then we're not, we're not really truly committed as we think we are. But not you. Not me. Say it. Not, not me. I'm all in. I make the right calls. I make the right visits. I know who to call. You could be sitting at home and you, an, an inspired inspiration comes. You know, I've heard people say this. You know, I thought about inventing that and I couldn't believe that. that I've, we, I've, I've known people that say that. <laughs> I've known people say that because I've had this idea to do this, to invent this. And then almost three, week, three months later, someone doing something that I, invent, that I invented already in my heart. Yeah. Yeah. So you know what it tells me? Yes. It's already in here. God is already speaking and has spoken to a lot of folks. Some people need to make get off the rusty dusty and make that cologne. I'm just saying. Do you hear what I'm saying? Because in it, there's a blessing. God wants to move more into your hands. Isn't that what he did with the children of Israel? Brought them to a land of milk and honey. And this morning, we're moving into our land of milk and honey. Amen. 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 God is good.